I was at this dead end job and I was like, you know what? Like this job is making me so miserable. And I would literally go to the bathroom and cry during my lunch breaks. I was eating lunch by myself. Like I felt like such a loser at this job because I just, I wasn't happy and I knew I needed to leave. And so I just was like, you know what? Even though I'm a sad bitch, I'm also a bad bitch. And I know know that there's other saddie baddies out there. And that's literally what saddie baddies is about. It's about, you know, embracing the duality of being a a human. And also it's about the stigma that comes with dealing with mental health struggles. Like here I was feeling so depressed. I had definitely shown that I had some issues and experiences with anxiety too, but it was hard to get people to understand where I was coming from because I just didn't look like it. The clip that you just heard is from today's guest, Priscilla O. Adjman. Priscilla is a digital content creator, public health professional, and the founder of Sadie Baddies, a virtual safe space for Black and multiracial people to destigmatize mental health and initiate collective healing. I so enjoyed having Priscilla on. I found her through her interview with Reed Turner, and I have been obsessed ever since. Priscilla inspires me constantly through the resources that she shares, just how she shows up online, the community that she's created. Even this interview inspired me to go ahead and hire some help because I mean as you guys may know may have noticed we haven't put out an episode for the past two weeks and it was because it is really just a lot for me to edit these episodes post on social media just do all the things that a podcast requires and also have a full-time job and so in hearing Priscilla talk about how she hired on her boyfriend and her sister. I was like, you know what, who can I reach out to? And I actually ended up reaching out to one of the guests we've had on here before, Tatiana, because I just love her editing style. And I was like, hey girl, can you help me out? And she was more than happy to. So I'm just so grateful to Priscilla for being a model for rest and asking for help when you need it. I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Here's my interview with Priscilla. Priscilla, welcome to The Fostered. How are you doing today? Hi, Angel. So good to be talking to you. I'm feeling good. How about yourself? I'm feeling good. Well, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate you saying yes. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Thank you for having me. So I like to start by asking all of my guests, what is your story? Who is Miss Priscilla? Well, um, there's so many ways to kind of answer that. But the short of it is I am a Ghanaian. American um, woman who grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey to two immigrant parents. And I moved to New York at the age of 18. I've been here ever since. So um, over a decade now, because I'm 30. (laughs) And it's crazy. But um, I am someone that's passionate about fostering community and sharing resources. I am passionate about removing the stigma behind mental health. I'm passionate about all things collective healing. And that's why I started Sadie Baddies, which is um, my brand and the platform that I started back in 2019. And the whole initiative is to bring together Black and multiracial people as a community and remove the stigma surrounding mental health by being vulnerable, by being open, and having real, honest, hard discussions about mental health and our lived experiences in a way that feels soft and in a way that feels nurturing for all of us. And I'm a Sagittarius, so... Okay, I was going (laughs) to ask your astrology, so you're a Sag, so you know you're... Oh, yes, girl. I know my whole chart. Um, 
Sagittarius gang, stand up. Um, I'm a Scorpio moon and rising. And I'm also like on the cusp of like Scorpio and Sag. So my birthday is November 23rd. And that's the day that like Scorpio season ends and Sagittarius season begins. So I have a lot of like those like water elements, but still that like fire energy, like no nonsense, doesn't take any shit kind of elements of that too. Love that. (laughs) <laughs> I saw that you, you were like traveling a lot for your 30th birthday yes. and I literally wrote that down I was like for my 30th birthday I am going to be doing a trip just like this so. yes absolutely if you do definitely let me know I'm happy to share all the recs um but yeah, I spent, yeah I love spending my birthday traveling and visiting um London Paris and Amsterdam it was an amazing trip and I'm, I was really glad to bring in this decade that way yeah, what are you calling in for yourself in year 30? I'm just like, the girls in their 30s, you know that. <laughs> yes, I love that audio. I'm dying to use that audio. Um, I, I'm calling in tenderness. I am calling mm. in slowness and ease. I spent so much of my 20s, like, rushing, hustling, grinding, like, doing all the things, working my ass off, and honestly, my 30s is like, that's a wrap, that's over, that was cute, but... It's time to bring in that slowness and the ease that comes with wisdom and making better decisions for yourself. Um, I think in a lot of ways, I'm already living that out, but I just want more of that in every aspect of my life. And I'm also calling in accountability. I feel like I'm very aware of like the good parts of my growth and my healing journey that's like helps me to develop, but I'm also trying to look at the ways that I know I need to improve and even those ways that might be scary or those ways that might be intimidating to me. I want to be ballsy about it and be ballsy about improvement. I love that. I'm I'm calling that in for myself too. <laughs> yes. I, how, well, how does that even show up for you? Like, what does that look like in practice? So that is being honest. And I think a lot of that comes through self-reflection and journaling, of course, is like one of my favorite ways to do that type of introspection. But that also comes with listening to the people around you, you know, listening to your friends, listening to your family, your loved ones, my partner, people in my life who really, truly know me, not just the image of me or what people perceive me to be, but the people that truly know me. And, it, you know, if your friends are telling you about some, like a personality trait that you have, like say you're someone that tends to flake on people. Not that I, I think I'm this person, but, you know, occasionally things come up or, you know, if you are somebody that is always late to something, you know, if someone making a comment about that and being like, girl, why are you always late? And you're like, oh, that's just how I am. No, that's not just how you are. This is obviously something that people notice and taking it into consideration and just being humble and listening and being like, damn, maybe I do need to work on that, you know? So I feel like we all have flaws and things that we want to work on. And I feel like this new year brings in a lot of that. Okay, what's the checklist of things we want to improve? And I want to be upfront about those things that I need to improve. And for me right now, my biggest focus is my health and making sure that I'm treating my body with the utmost care and tenderness. And um, one way I started doing that is by like doing a dry January, not drinking any alcohol, but I want it to be a lifestyle. I want to kind of incorporate that as like a long-term health habit of mine because I know it's going to serve my body well so 
Yeah. I love that. The girls are getting sober. <laughs> I think it's such an interesting conversation. Yes. Like the girls are not it? drinking. <laughs> yes. I, I, and so I've never been a big drinker myself. Mm-hmm. My dad Shit. was an alcoholic. And so I was just mm. always kind of scared of yeah. that for myself. And I'm more of a cannabis girly myself. Like I, I do prefer. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's just so cool. Like I felt so lame though when I would be like, oh, I'm just going to have a kombucha or whatever. But yeah. now like that, the fact that so many other girls are getting into it, it feels really yeah. inspiring and motivating to just show up in this way. What has For you sure. wanted to consider that? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm definitely more cannabis friendly, CBD, all the things. Like I'm definitely more into like herbal even like herbal smokes like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like different types of ways to incorporate herbs into your life and just more plant-based approaches to mindfulness and relaxation so I'm all about that and I just realized I'm like I don't even enjoy I hate getting drunk like when I do get I'm like oh I just it gives me the ick it just doesn't make me feel good like physically mentally emotionally and it's like the the few occasions, like every now and then that I would, I just would regret it. And Mm -hmm. I also just have been researching more and more about the effects of alcohol on your body and how, I mean, this is like definitely a trending thing, but I think because more and more information is becoming visible, like people are just like, yeah, wait, why is this such a social norm? Like, why are we so, why do we center alcohol in all of our social gatherings and make it, you know, this thing that we have to plan our whole social calendars around and now I'm realizing how easy it is to not center it not that I ever did but you know it's like it's so convenient it's so convenient especially in New York where it's like it's so central to like partying and you know being out with people even networking if you're going to a happy hour at work or you know a lot of startups or companies will have like company happy hours Mm -hmm. and whatnot and just choosing to be like I can still go. I just don't have to consume if I don't feel like it. So just having the autonomy to really decide for yourself, like, is this what I want to do? Is this is just something that's expected of me? So sober girls, we love. (laughs) (laughs) And just being more intentional too. And like taking that second to be like, do I actually want this? I I love that for us. (laughs) I love it too. Okay, I want to back up a little bit. I saw today that you just trademarked Sadie Baddies. Congratulations. That is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. You said you started it in 2019, which Mm -hmm. is pre-pandemic. How did it, how did that idea come to you to start Sadie Baddies? So I started Sadie Baddies in 2019, which was, feels like, I mean, when you think about it, that was a whole presidential term ago. Like that was a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Like in retrospect, I'm like, damn, that, that was, you know, four years is a lot. And I started it on a whim. I kind of, I always say that I kind of started my business backwards. Like, you know, some people, they um, will start with a business plan or a strategy or they'll have like goals, like clearly laid out and, you know, they'll get their LLC and their trademark. And then that comes like the marketing and the outreach and the community, all of that. I did the opposite of that. I did everything backwards. And um, I started it because I needed to have a creative outlet that was, completely separate from my job or anything I was doing like for my livelihood. And I was at a really low point in my life in my mid twenties because I had just graduated 
with my master's degree and my master's in public health. And I was really, you know, grateful to have that chapter kind of closed, but I felt so lost and so confused because I'd been conditioned to always prioritize my academics and um, I'd been kind of expected to just like succeed in that area. But I'm like, I know that there's something else beyond this that's going to fulfill me. I just don't know what it is. And I, as a kid, I've always been super, super into the arts. I am like, I mean, I paint, I draw, I write poetry. Like I've always been really, really artistic, but over time I kind of slipped away from those skills that I developed as a kid and those interests, because, you know, as you get older, you got to start making money and taking care of yourself. And especially the route that I went, I went through like a kind of like a, you know, pre-med like bio science route so that's kind of different than what was really interesting to me and so I kind of came to this crossroads I I would consider kind of like a quarter-life crisis that I had because I did start it when I was about 26 and I was at this dead-end job and I was like you know what like this job is making me so miserable and I would literally go to the bathroom and cry during my lunch breaks I was eating lunch by myself like I felt like such a loser at this job because I just I wasn't happy and I knew I needed to leave and so I just was like you know what even though I'm a sad bitch I'm also a bad bitch and I know I know that there's other saddie baddies out there. And that's literally what saddie baddies is about. It's about, you know, embracing the duality of being a, a human. And also it's about the stigma that comes with dealing with mental health struggles. Like here I was feeling so depressed. I had, a, I had definitely shown that I had some issues and experiences with anxiety too, but it was hard to get people to understand where I was coming from because I just didn't look like it because I was still doing the normal things. And that is really what high functioning anxiety is all about. You know, it's, it's being able to keep down a job, it's being able to have friends and a relationship and all these things, but inside you feel like you're crumbling. And so that's what Sadi Baddies is represents the people that may not always appear like they don't have their shit together. And it's a, it's a love letter to people who are going through silent battles by themselves. And yeah, I started it. I started an Instagram page and then, you know, after like 100, 200 followers, I'm like, okay, like, I guess I'll start a website. And then, okay, I guess I'll have a YouTube channel. And then all these things kind of started trickling in. And then now Fast forward three years later, last year, we launched our podcast, The Soft Life, which is, I know how we got connected, um, but mm-hmm. also, you know, that's been kind of the first digital product that I've produced and shared, and it's been such a journey um, just being here. And this is all, like, Sadie Baddies being my my passion project, but now it's become my business and my brand, um, and so it's been a journey. That is so exciting. <laughs> like and just so inspirational too. Like the community of baddies. Like I just love uh, now now being a baddie. I just yes. love that <laughs> and can definitely relate to high functioning anxiety and depression. Yeah. I feel like too just through listening to the soft life pot and like consuming your content like I'm learning a lot of language like things I didn't have language for like I'm learning mm. that through your content. Oh. And I just wanted to know what is that like helping 
this community of women and is it mainly women or it's everyone it's it's okay. gender inclusive yeah I mean majority of the people that follow us are identify as women but non-binary folks men all, everybody yeah truly. everybody's a baddie everyone's <laughs> a baddie baddie's a gender neutral term in my opinion so I love that. Yeah. So what like, I feel like, especially through the p- pandemic, like providing language and tools and resources yeah. for people when I feel like pe- a lot of us were at our lowest, like what was that like? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, during the pandemic, that's when things really took a turn because we only had digital spaces to rely on. So this is like, you know, I'd been kind of riding this way for a year where people were following in and sharing the page, but it was still very much kind of like this like quiet buzz. And then boom, like May, 2020, Black Lives Matter, all the social uprisings. And then people are literally depending on digital spaces for safety, for information, for access. I had shared a post about eight ways that um, to practice self-care in times of racial trauma and it went viral and so many people, thousands of people shared it because they were sharing this with each other as they were going to protest and how, you know, they can keep each other safe and how they can keep themselves safe. And I also shared post about medical racism, which also went viral. And um, actually like a whole year later, Red Table Talk posted it and found it and used it as like a resource to share with other people because all of these things are not in silos, you know, like the medical system has been inherently traumatizing for black bodies and people of color, um, as we can see with black maternal health outcomes. And this ties into the racial trauma that we experience on a daily basis, whether it's you being at work and feeling uncomfortable because you're dealing with microaggressions or it's you literally getting stopped by the police and your whole body freezing because you you don't know what to expect next. So I started to share this because I, I wanted to show people that, A, this is not all, these are not um, singular incidents that are happening. This is all connected. And also B, I knew that with my experience with public health and having my 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 educational background, I really wanted to start to share some of that information and break it down in a way that felt palatable because I I learned so much. I mean, I, I interned at a detention center for two months in Texas and I got to speak to over 400 women and children that fled the border and were wow. seeking asylum. And, you know, it's like I, I had like all of these kind of really niche experiences and I didn't know how to share them but then through Saudi Baddies I was able to talk about immigration health and mm. you know um, vicarious trauma and the cycle of violence and all of these things that I feel like we really need to have conversations about but also I was able to share resources through those educational posts and you know a lot of people thankfully have been able to start going to therapy or have st- at least been curious about finding a therapist through Saudi Baddies or through the website um, because we have all of our resources there and like blog posts and all those things. So it really was like, it was a mission driven purpose for me. And then during the pandemic, it just doubled down because it's like, okay, we have no safe spaces. So that's really the time I started having Instagram lives a lot 
and a lot of virtual events. And that's really where the community took over and it just grew like wildfire. That is amazing. (laughs) Hearing you speak about this just makes me think of like that quote, like God is always preparing you. Like Mm. things like you may not know what God is preparing you for. And I feel like that is like exactly. That's a fact. Because I just listened to your podcast, the one, your failures one. Oh my God, my flop era. (laughs) When you were talking about failing biochem, my roommate, was she was a biology major. And I just remember like, she ended up choosing a different path because organic chemistry, like it literally. It will kick your ass. It kicks my ass three times. It's not for the weak. And if you passed it, I salute you because it's hard as hell. So yeah, shout out to anyone who's going through the thick of it because it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but I just love that, like, all of those experiences, like, prepared you to be able to create yeah. this content that has helped so many people, me included. Thank and you. it truly is so digestible. Like, I read and listen to a lot of podcasts and resources on mental health. And a lot of it is more so like self-optimization, not necessarily mm-hmm. like mission driven. And that's why I feel like really sets you apart. Like you can tell Thank there's a very are. clear mission behind what you're doing. And you so how do you keep that difference though between, cause I feel like it, it can yeah. easily go the other way to just like being self. And that, I guess there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but it does seem very shallow. Like what is yeah. the point of like doing all this self-optimization if there's right. not, you know, yeah. like, behind it. Exactly. I mean, for me, it's really important to always be rooted because I never, well, I'll never forget where I started. You know, like I, I know, like, again, I think because my business started backwards, it wasn't because I wanted to be um, have a lot of followers on TikTok or have a lot of followers on Instagram or have this brand deal and this brand deal. And that was never the goal. I didn't have a business plan. You know, like it really was because I felt like I was so alone in my experiences. And the minute I share, people are like, oh, no, you're not alone. I'm going through this, too. So I've always continuously felt supported by other people sharing and also relating to it because without that, there really is no sadie baddies. You know, if I'm just talking about all the great things that I did and I never talk about my failures or my fuck ups or issues that I've had, then who cares? Like, what is the point? You know? So I always try to be, and again, duality is such a big value that I have because I know without the darkness, there is no light. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I'm, I really feel like if I didn't go through my shadow period, I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Literally and figuratively, cause it was dark, you know? So I never forget that element of you know, the person it took to get here, because if I if I were to just remove all of that part of my story or not ever share that part or not validate someone who listens to the soft line and, and is like, hey, I can't relate to this. I, I feel bad. I feel like shit. And it's like, no, I, I get it. I feel you because I've been there and I still go through that sometimes, you know. So just like always remembering who you're speaking to and who is on the other side of the screen or the mic or whoever you're talking to and just remembering that that's that's real people. It's not the algorithm. It's not numbers or followers. These are people with souls and hearts. And just remembering that softness and like that compassion is where that's where that 
relatability lies in and I think definitely and you definitely like sometimes I think I'm oversharing in my content and I'm like girl do you really need to <laughs> let the people know this today but then I listen to you and I'm like no like it's like you make me want to be vulnerable and show up Thank in that you. way like oh you were talking gosh. about losing your iPad at oh the airport. my god girl. and you gave me so much anxiety <laughs> I got so much anxiety everybody has the same reaction they're like <gasps> I'm like no 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 it's fine it worked out <laughs> But I feel I just love that you are just so real and honest. And I think it's exactly that. Like you are somebody that the folks can relate to. Like, I and I think that's been a big conversation, too, on social media, like with people wanting to become more content creators and like showing a perfectly curated version of their lives. Like even Jackie Anna just spoke to this recently. I don't know if you saw. Yes, yes. I do think there is like a level of being a black creator. You do have to show up with high quality content. But then it's like how much of that can't include like your real life it's like a weird balance I know it's it's hard it's so hard because it's like first of all black creators are put on this we are under a microscope like we are so scrutinized and a lot of times to be honest it's from each other it's not always from white people or from someone who's not black it's from each other a lot of times trust me I've had I've seen a lot of people say like the soft life trend is fake or it's it's superficial and whatnot. I'm like, okay, maybe that's the sci-fi you're talking about, not me. Like the stuff yeah. like that I'm talking about is because I literally had to get it out of the mud. Like I'm not mm-hmm. talking about just going on trips or, you know, having my lashes done, which are all great things, like in things that I enjoy. But the softness I'm talking about is the softness that comes with self-forgiveness and compassion and community and sisterhood and connection and forgiving your younger self, forgiving your parents, like that's softness, that's literally tenderness. So, Mm -hmm. and also it's like, my experience being first generation American is so different than someone who was born and raised here and has generations here because it's like, I didn't have any, I didn't get that head start in life period, you know, like, so the softness I'm talking about is really, it's generational. And my mom always jokes and she's like, you know, now I want to have a soft life too. And she listens to all the episodes and she's like, she's here for it. Cause she's like, she's happy that all the sacrifices that she made are worth it. Cause she sees that I'm able to live a better life than she did and a better life than my grandmother did, you know, God rest her soul. And all the ancestors that came before me, they didn't have a soft life, you know? So it's it's me to emotional. me it's making me yeah, emotional. Yeah, I just relate to that so deeply. Yeah. Like I'm I'm a cancer. I didn't say. But I'm, I'm a I water felt side. like it was a water side. I was like <laughs> I'm getting water energy. I love it. I love it. Oh, but yeah. I I just relate to that so deeply. Are you? Do you have siblings? Yes, I have two sisters. Are you the oldest? Where are you in the your birth order? Can you guess? Are you the oldest? No, I'm the middle. <laughs> middle. Okay, I was gonna say oldest or middle. <laughs> I'm a middle I have middle child syndrome bad real bad um but yeah I have an older sister who's two years older than me Gail and my little sister Angel who's also named Angel ironically I just (laughs) put that together yes and she she's 10 years younger than me so she is in college and I love her I love both of them fun I have a little sister in college right now too and she's going through it I know. Shout out to the college baddies. I'm here yes. for you. I feel you. But I truly feel like 
like kids, we make the way, like we like fight for these things so we can provide that access for our parents. Yeah. And they may not understand it in the moment. Like my mom, she did not get a lot of stuff, but now like she'll come and be like, okay, like it's nice to just be like, like yeah. it's okay to take a few breaths. Cause she, she struggles with anxiety really bad. Mm-hmm. And, but she doesn't have the tools. Like they didn't talk about, you know, like exactly. any of these things. Okay. Well, I did want to transition and talk to you about your podcast because I am a huge fan of the pod. Thank you. Thank you. You said you've had it for a year? Actually, under a year. It'll be a year in April. April of this year will be, yeah, one year since we started the Soft Life podcast. That's so exciting. (laughs) You do a good mix of solos and interview podcast or interview guests. How do you, is it kind of on a whim or is it scheduled out? How do you go about that? So, girl, you know how it is. With <laughs> no one really prepared me for like the unpredictability of it. Like nobody really prepared me for, you know, you could have a guest that's like on board and then they ghost, or mm. you could have someone that's like, you know, someone you thought you wanted to have on the show and then it just it doesn't work out. Like sometimes it's. I like to mix it up one because I don't want it to just be like this like ongoing monologue of just I love solo podcasts some of my favorite mm-hmm. podcasts are our solo episodes like um Alex Wolf podcast like Heinz uh Returner like Dr. Tama Bryant from the homecoming like I love solo podcasts but then sometimes I'm like I want to switch it up and I have so many amazing people in my community and my network that I want to speak to and I've had the opportunity to have conversation with conversations with them via the interview. But then mm-hmm. other times it's just like you is like depending on someone else's schedule to like make your content, especially if you're a content creator. It's just it's really challenging sometimes. And I feel like that's one of the parts of podcasting and producing content is just people not necessarily being as available as you or maybe not having that same like consideration for your time and I'm just one of those people that like oh like don't waste my time like that's my biggest thing like I'm very patient and very understanding but I just hate my time being wasted um and so that's why like if I am like gonna do a podcast or an interview or be featured even I really try to be like as respectful as someone's with someone's time as possible because I know how it is and it's hard yeah (laughs) but I love it yeah, it's been great. It's been amazing, but it's just, you know, a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I mean, it's not like this is the main thing that you're doing. Like, you still have another full-time job, right? Girl, that's what I'm saying. I have a yeah. whole <laughs> nine-to-five, so this is really, you know, anyone that's struggling a nine-to-five and you're five-to-nine, it's hard. And, you know, you want to make time. And there's been times where I've been, like, ready, set up to go. I'm like, oh, okay, they canceled, you know? So I definitely try my best to balance it, but sometimes it's out of your control you know yeah how do you manage though but your full-time job and sadie baddies because so, like it's growing so large <laughs> like i imagine that you'll probably have to quit your job soon oh my gosh i honestly am i'm grateful because last year in the summer in august i got a, a full-time or, or fully remote role and that's something oh, nice. that i yeah i'd had on like my vision board in the beginning of 2021, the way it happened was kind of wild because it is because I got laid off from my, my startup job in the middle of the summer. And then I had two months basically where I was unemployed for the first time ever in my life since I was 
like 14 seriously oh, so wow. yeah I'd always had a job even like in grad school I was working at the writing center I was babysitting so I'd always been like, I was a hostess for like a month like I was always like working and so this was my first time really not having like a full-time job but um a friend of mine shared a referral for the company I'm at now um and it's fully remote it's really it's I mean it's teaching me a lot too because it's I work in digital marketing and digital digital business transformation. So it's like client facing and consulting, mm-hmm. but um, it's really, it's definitely given me the work-life balance that I've been praying, praying for. And before Love that, that, it's like I had the opposite of a, of a remote job. I was in the office all the time, traveling constantly like for work. And it was really hard to run Saddy Baddies. And there was a time I thought about taking like a hiatus but that's where I like pulled in help and my my younger sister who was actually serves as our community manager and she's been amazing amazing she's been helping with video editing and content and then my partner he's also amazing and produces and edits all of the podcast episodes so asking for help was like that's what saved me from just like going ghost because I was Mm -hmm. definitely at the point of burnout beyond the point of burnout um a couple of years ago when I didn't have like a fully remote role, but yeah, I typically start my day like around like 10 ish um, for my full-time role. So what I usually do is I do most of my work for Saturday baddies in the evening and then I'll, you know, connect with my team and they'll um, everyone kind of has their own task for the week and we just kind of sync up like in the evenings and make sure everything's covered for the next day. So that way, like there's overlap, if there needs to be. And then obviously I try to use my weekends um, when I can to try to create some content or, you know, respond to emails, all the things. So yeah, it's crazy, but I mean, I've been doing it for like almost four years now. So I'm like, all right, just keep going. (laughs) So this is your full-time, you know, role. So. And I'd love to know, like, how do you manage like yeah. rest with that too because I feel oh, like it does yeah. require a lot of work and yeah. so I just love to know like what how does rest play in for you yeah you know I really stand by the quote that creative people need time to do nothing and I really really stand by that because if I don't rest and I if I don't have my like leisurely days or my days where you know my man and I will go to the museum or the gallery we'll have you know have date night and it's not it becomes really lifeless, the content that I'm sharing, and I can tell. And I've had this creative spark since the beginning of January, and I know that it's because the last two weeks of December, I was in Tennessee with my with my partner and his family. Well, our family. What part of Tennessee? In Clarksville. Oh, okay. My boyfriend's from Nashville. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I know we didn't we didn't really spend too much time in Nashville, but definitely want to go back. We'll we'll be going back soon. That's that's such a um funny thing. But I like we spent the last two weeks like literally just hanging out, cooking, spending time with family, playing with the dogs. Like it was so slow and relaxed and the opposite of like that fast pace of New York. And I feel like mm-hmm. because I had so much time to rest, I have so much creative spark and energy and I'm like okay like let's get it this is Q1 like we had our kickoff Q1 call last week and I'm just like so inspired to keep 
doing this work, but just be extremely strategic about it, you know? And I think it's really important as business owners and small brand owners to be intentional, of course, and like be inspired, but be strategic too, you know? You can't, you can't just assume that be motivation or inspiration is enough. Like for me, I never forget my why, but my why is not enough to get me a brand deal. You know, like it, I have to be strategic about it. I have to put content out. I have to have a schedule, need to be organized and um, like be cross-functional with what I need to do. So Notion is one of my favorite things um, to use to keep everything organized. It's like where I write out all of the podcast ideas, episodes, all the things, to-do lists, and then Asana for like project management, Google Calendar, Outlook Calendar, or Calendly for like scheduling. And then, you know, using Riverside software, like all the things combined that, you know, when you think about like having a digital community or digital digitally based business, like you're going to be using a lot of different tools to keep your business running and it gets expensive. Um, but just having a strategy and having regular maintenance is what's going to keep that machine running and also asking for help. Like that's the biggest thing. I can't do any of this by myself. I need help. And I'm really grateful for the first time officially, like having like a team of people that I love, you know, but also people that I trust and people that make work doing this work so much more um, fulfilling and easier. I love that. That is so beautiful. What is, what has it been like working with your partner as someone who also works works with their partner? I would love like any tips. <laughs> I know. Wait, I well, first of all, like when can I just say like I had I didn't even have an idea and then when I was like, "Wait, that is so beautiful." Like I love that you have that support, but also just having your partner work with you is it's honestly a blessing and I know you know this. Um because you're, you know, you experience this yourself, but I think it's really, really, I'm really fortunate. And I'm also grateful because it, it's like a different aspect of our relationship. You know, we live together um, and we've been together for over four years. So, you know, it's like having this element of working together now and working together, like on your business is so interesting and it just adds this other layer of trust because mm -hmm. I think the one area I am a bit of a control freak is when it comes to my <laughs> my yeah. business and I'm like oh don't do it this way uh, no like I, I get yeah. very 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 detail oriented and very like focused um so learning how to let go sometimes learning how to delegate is something that I didn't know I wasn't the best delegator and it's so hard. I had to, it's hard. And then when I brought Angel on board, my, my younger sister to do community management, I'm like, I got to delegate everything. Like it's not in my head. I can't just, you know, when you're used to doing something by yourself, you have a process in your head. And I had a way of doing certain things. I had a way of how I was putting together my Instagram post or, or, or videos or how I was pitching to brands. Like I had a certain method and now I had to lay it all out and explain it to someone and then trust them to do it. It's like, oh, okay. And so that was a skill that I had gotten better at over time with delegating 
And that that aspect of delegating is, I think, what prevents people from asking for help because the delegating part is work. It takes work because it forces you to be really clear about your process. And if it doesn't make any sense, it's like the saying, if you can't explain something to a six year old, it's too complicated or it's not, you know, you need to really simplify your process so that it can be copy and pasted to anyone, not just to yourself. Mm -hmm. So no, that is so real. I, it's a skill. I feel like delegation is a, a real it's definitely skill. a skill. And it's funny because it's like just because I talk a lot <laughs> and I, I would say I'm a good communicator, that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm a delegator because that requires mm-hmm. direction and communication, not just the communication part. So, yeah, I'm learning a lot. And that's why it's also good to have people that will like be like, girl, no no yeah. you're doing too much or like you know the like trying to exit B talking for real be, exactly be right <laughs> so for real right now girl stop so yeah it's it's helpful to have people that are in your corner but also that are like right next to you too you know I love that that is I, I, what I'm getting from you is just like the growth. Like these are things that you just, it truly takes time yeah. to learn these things, to know what systems to put in place, to learn yeah. how to delegate. And I think a lot of times we just want to skip past these things and just be like, we should yes. be at this certain point. But it's like, it really takes time to it develop does. into a leader and it's hard to grow your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It okay. Does. Well, let's wrap it on up. I want. I like to ask all my guests, what is something that you're fostering currently? Mm. That's such a good question. I I feel like I'm fostering. I'm fostering. I'm fostering a easier way of doing things, and when I say easy, I mean a more clear, a more precise, a more efficient way of doing things in my personal life, in my business. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of it is obviously me starting the soft life, but also looking at the ways that I'm maybe overcomplicating certain things in my life. Like, for example, if like waking up has been a challenge for me, maybe if I'm not up at 1 (laughs) a.m., Girl, <laughs> actually, do not read me right now because that's what you're doing. <laughs> oh my god! Like maybe if I'm not up at one a.m., I can go to bed earlier, and that way I can wake up earlier. You know, like just finding easier ways to do things. And also, I've also noticed that even when it comes to like my physical health, like my daily walks have become therapy for me. Like now. I've been doing it for about a month now. And, you know, once you hit that kind of three-week mark of doing something every day, it becomes just second nature. And I realize, like, how simple it is, but it just allows me to get outside, get some fresh air, like, take a breather. And, you know, working from home is great because, you know, you get to just work in the safety and comfort of your home and... I mean, I definitely don't miss commuting, especially in New York, but it also can create, like, it can make you a little bit isolated and it can make you low-key like a prisoner in your own home 
if you're just chained to your desk all day, you're not getting fresh air, you're not going outside and switching up your scenery. I see how much more creative I am when I take like my walks or I do make like midweek plans and whatnot and just inviting that ease into my everyday life so that I don't feel like I'm just constantly on this like hamster wheel, you know, Mm -hmm. just those like really simple moments of pause or sacred pause as Dr. Taylor would say, like just having like a, ooh, okay, I just need a quick 30 minute deep breather having my routines be in place, like my morning routine, my night routine, those things are really what help me to be the best version of myself. So I want to foster more of that this year, not to say like I need to be perfect about it or, you know, check all the boxes, but I want that to be an element of my wellness and my well-being that I can always rely on to help me make the best decisions throughout the day, throughout my week and make sure that I'm taking care of myself first. That is so well said. <laughs> how long are your walks for? I'm just curious. Like how long? Yeah. Um, I'm walking for like a good half hour, 45 minutes, okay. especially if I have like, I usually listen to podcasts. So I'll listen to, and I know like as a podcaster, like you replay your own podcast a lot of times because you're like trying to pick out those like nuggets or, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I listen to your podcast, which I love, or I listen to some of my <laughs> some of my other faves and um, or some music, and it just like for a good half hour, forty five minutes, and then I'm like, all right, ready to start the day. So. Oh, this is how you start. This is your morning routine. Oh, this is my morning routine. Yes, yes. Got you. Okay, yes. I love that. Well, let's just give give us the whole rundown of the morning routine <laughs> while we're here. <laughs> how do you start the day? <laughs> sure. So. I typically wake up around like seven, um, okay. sometimes a little bit earlier, sometimes a little later. I don't, I used to be really hard on myself about waking up, but it's the same time every day. And I'm just like, girl, like you work from home. It's not that serious. Like That's just- something I just realized. Like I was like <laughs> such a stickler. I wanted to be in the 5 a.m. club so bad, but it's like my job does not require me to wake up that early. It, it doesn't do anything for me. Like it I don't have a job I need to clock into. So I'm, exactly. I'm chilling out on waking up super early because yeah. I was like a stickler about it. Yeah. And it's also like being like realizing what fits into your lifestyle. Like for yeah. me, maybe waking up at 5 a.m. when I had to commute and I was, I live in Harlem, which is uptown, but you know, I lived in Brooklyn for a while and I'd mm-hmm. have to commute to Harlem for work for years so maybe back then it made sense because I'm having to commute every day. My commute alone is an hour. So, but now I'm just like, girl, you don't need to wake up that early. You can get everything done that you were going to get done, get your rest. And again, like prioritizing rest is what makes me feel good. So waking up around like seven ish and then, um, my partner, and I always give each other like a good morning hug and we literally call it a good morning. It's Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We always just like give each other a good morning hug and just like get that like physical contact like first thing in the morning. It just I feel like it does make your day better. Um, So we just like, you know, like greet each other. And then I would like to like light some incense. Like incense is a big part of my day. I have like 20 boxes of incense because I'm just always burning incense every single day. What's your favorite scent? I love dragon's blood. Dragon's mm. blood. It sounds scary, but it's really not. It just has a really deep 
um, kind of like woody scent. And it's really good for like cleansing out like your space, the en- like your energy. And then I also have a white sage um, that I love to burn in the morning or after I clean. And then um, like a sandalwood that yeah, smells sandalwood. really good. Yes, I love sandalwood. So I alternate, but those are kind of like my main three. Um, but burn some incense and I um, brush my teeth and um, oil pull which is one of my favorite parts of, okay. you know, self-care, um, do some oil pulling. And then usually I'm like, all right, let's head out. So I'll walk for a good like 30, 45 minutes. And then, you know, a day like today, I didn't really walk in the morning because I kind of woke up a little bit later and I wanted to get some work done before my first call today for work. And I just hopped on the Peloton instead of taking my morning walk and then I took a quick like afternoon walk instead um just finding like little slivers of the day where Mm -hmm. I can like still you know like be flexible about my morning routine and then usually I'll have my morning call and if I don't have like back-to-back meetings that day then I'll like make my breakfast and make a matcha like tidy up yes some matcha girly through and through um tidy up and like kind of just get started get settled into the day um and then kind of transition into work mode for a few hours and then when the day wraps up I'm like sadie baddie mode <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be going to find me some dragon's blood uh yes I'm, I'll send you I'll send you the link I really really Please. love it it's so good yeah awesome well, thank you so much, Priscilla. I'm so happy I got to chat with you. Too, I Angel. just love everything that you're doing. I'm just so happy yes. to be a part of your community. And sometimes I'm like, girl, like you cannot repost again, like <laughs> get out of her notifications. But I just don't know how to not stand something no, that I love or I'm love obsessed it. with. I love if y'all, it. If y'all don't already, please go check out Sadie Baddies. Check out the Soft Life Pod. Check out Priscilla. Her content is truly amazing on TikTok and Instagram. You will not regret it. It is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angel. And yours is too. I'm really glad that we align and cross paths. Um, and thank you for having me. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Priscilla and that you really got something out of it. I know that I did. I took away so many lessons from this. If you have a friend or a family member or a coworker who you think could really get some value out of this, please share it. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast five stars leave a review it really helps the podcast grow your support means so much so i am so grateful for the people who have left reviews and ratings so far if there's a guest that you would like to hear from or a topic that you would like me to touch on please drop that in the reviews or hit me up on the foster on instagram or even my personal instagram at angel period foster i want to hear from y'all and i've been loving what i've been hearing so far so I feel like we've just been getting a really good response. Like the clips that we share do really well. And I'm just so appreciative of y'all for engaging with what we are sharing. And yeah, I'm really excited. I hope y'all have a good week and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.